I'm going to start the meeting, folks. That's all right. Just wanted to let you know. And uh, it's Robin, is that correct? Robin is going to be uh, the volunteer timer. Thank you, Robin. So welcome to the Perseverance Marathon meeting. My name is Cindy. I'm a compulsive overeater and your leader for this meeting. I Please join me in the serenity prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Before we get started, we ask that all cell phones or other electronic devices be turned off. To protect our anonymity, no photography, audio, or visual recording is allowed by OA members. This meeting is being recorded by Region 2. The opinions expressed here today are those of individual OA members and do not represent Region 2 or Overeaters Anonymous as a whole. The format for this one-hour session is as follows. I will read an excerpt from a piece of OA literature, share for 25 minutes, followed by three-minute shares from those who wish to share. The topic for this session is perseverance. The following is a reading um, from probably OA's 12 and 12. Yep. Perseverance, Step 10, Principle, OA 12 and 12. It's actually page 105 in case anyone's interested. In Step 10, we discovered the value of perseverance in working the 12 steps. Practicing this principle in all our affairs today means that we continue to do the thing which has brought us healing, even though we sometimes wonder if we still need it. Perseverance brings us the reward of continuing permanent recovery. I will now briefly qualify and share my experience, strength, and hope on this topic. I said I'm Cindy. I'm a compulsive overeater. Howdy. Here's some. I'm just. Well, I guess I won't toss it. Some before pictures. Um, I've been in Overeaters Anonymous 37 years. Holy God in heaven, that's a long time. And I was only five. Now I was really older. But uh, 37 years is a long time. And I have a 145-pound weight loss in OA. And um, I gave up, thank you, a uh, two-and-a-half, three-pack cigarette addiction also for, oh, Lord, it's been a long time, too. Um, Let's see. Well, what I was like, what happened, and what I'm like now. And this perseverance is really interesting. When I was first asked to talk on it, you know, because of my mind, you know, kind of like, gee, that seems kind of negative. <laughs> I mean, I know perseverance is a good thing, but it's also like, oh, no matter how hard it is, no matter how tough your struggle, you persevere. And um, it's actually fairly true. Although I would say when I came into OA and I weighed like 340 pounds and I was 25 years old and... I really came in and thought, this isn't, uh, this is like some kind of lifetime thing. This isn't just to like lose weight. I had a real idea uh, that the doors shut behind me and that there was not an escape route. I mean, that was my perception of over, oh, I get you in here. And it's really not going to be, I'm going to lose the weight and leave, or I'm going to um, advance to some place where I'm healed. This is forever. The good news about that is, um, for me, that's true. 
and that they would provide me with a roadmap of how to live and how to free myself not just from the destruction of overeating but the true prison you know mentally physically and spiritually I was really in a a real prison so I did not uh, my story was that I did not um, come in and embrace the program like a drowning man I sat in the back with my arms crossed across my chest. I thought this was a cult. Uh, the Jimmy Jones Guyana massacre had taken place. I said, they pass out Kool-Aid. I'm not taking any. These people are really crazy. And they said that a lot, you know, the whole I'm insane. That really irritated me. Almost everything really irritated me. Uh, I was really impressed by the big weight loss you know, but when I first came in, I just, the God stuff bothered me. Um, I was much more uh, an agnostic, almost atheist, but I said my prayers every night, you know, just in case. And because uh, you never know, you know, you want to make sure you get all your bases covered. And um, I, I was very perplexed. There was a different language here for me, too, and it was the language of honesty. And I truly didn't get it. I mean, I knew I was hearing things that I never would have said out loud. If anything, I would have protected myself from all those things I thought showed you my underbelly. You know, uh, any place of vulnerability was obviously, at 25 years old, being 340 pounds, (laughs) the need to protect myself in some manner that is... And when I say sick, I, I really mean it's sick. Uh, so to, I was very matcha. You know, I was very tough. I mean, that was like the, my persona. And uh, anything uh, to, to anything feminine, you know, that had what I considered feminine kind of connotations like crying or being emotional or being romantic or... Um, being soft, were all the things you would try to hide because you were too vulnerable. And anything that had more masculine uh, descriptions were what you would try to be. Here, the problem, the problem really with that is so untrue to myself because that's what I am, is really romantic and really sensitive and really emotional, and not, I don't mean emotional, like hysterically emotional. I mean, I'm not ashamed of being sensitive. But then, oh, my Lord. That was a crime in my family. I mean, frankly, all of those things were just a crime. Oh, you're so sensitive. Or, you know, I mean, it was all the, all of those things were bad. So in order to support being strong, being tough, being together, being Uh, capable, being strong, Uh, the only way I could support that was by weighing, you know, 340 pounds and uh, trying and thinking that I looked normal. Anyway, uh, not a great place to be, Uh, not a great place to be. So I um, looked up the definition because, you know, I said I kind of like perseverance. I mean, I really think it's good to have, uh, you know, stick to it and stick to itiveness and all that. 
But for whatever reason, my head got like a funny thing about perseverance. So then I looked it up. So I'm going to read just some of the definitions because um, it's too true about me. I, I not only have perseverance, I have said if I, was an, if I was a dog, I would be a terrier. You know, the dog without a bone thing. I mean, you know, really, there is no, uh, there is no depth I will not go to if I think it is something important to do. No stone uncovered. No, you know, I will go to the mat. And it's made me a great employee. You know, employers love me because I will sacrifice myself on the altar of work to, by God, if, you know, the whole, all of that, all of that American too kind of, uh, you know, if you want a job done right, do it yourself, don't be a quitter, you know, always stay in the game. I mean, I have that like in spades. One of the good things I've had to learn is when to say, oh, fuck, uncle. <laughs> just, you know, this is, there's, there's a difference between perseverance and then a persistence that is so annoying to others that they'd like to kill me. So I have had to learn, you know, <laughs> where that persistence maybe doesn't pay off. Anyway. So I, I just looked up in the dictionary um, perseverance because I thought it would be fun to do. Steady persistence in adhering to a course of action, a belief or a purpose, steadfastness, persistence in a course of action, a purpose, a state, especially in spite of difficulties, obstacles, or discouragement. Continued steady belief or efforts to do or achieve something despite difficulties or opposition. And then it had a theological um, connotation, which was more the Calvinistic, which is actually my family's background also. So we are who we are through generations of people. And the Calvinistic doctrine that those who have been chosen by God will continue in a state of grace to the end until death and will finally be saved. And the theological was a continuance in a state of grace to the end leading to salvation. Well... I really do believe the steps have saved me. I mean, I, I know the program saved me. I had a personality. I, I had a personality like Attila the Hun, you know. <laughs> and um, I, I would have died. You know, my heart would have attacked me, literally, physically, because of my determination to try and do those things that no 340-pound person should ever do, whether that be mow the lawn in 90-degree weather, which I did. Um, I slept in a bathtub sometimes because I couldn't support my weight and breathing was so difficult. Plus, I'm smoking like two and a half, three packs of cigarettes. That isn't helping me. Um, I tried to act. I tried to be uh, present for a life I couldn't live. I, I really tried to be present for a life. I couldn't, I just couldn't live. So I come into Overeaters Anonymous. It takes me, I'm not exaggerating, probably four years before I feel, um, and I'd lost a lot of weight. I was one of those who lost, you know, when I came in, everybody was on uh, a food plan that I lovingly, jokingly call the uh, Auschwitz concentration camp food plan, you know, of hummingbird wings and grated orange peels. And uh, I was on that food plan, and uh, I certainly lost weight. Not like I saw other people, like who were losing 120 pounds in 10 months, but I lost, I lost weight, definitely. Uh, but I, I really didn't feel better for almost four years. 
Well, I was not going anywhere. <laughs> oh, I knew there was nothing out there for me. Uh, I had done everything. HCG injections, uh, which is like the urine of a pregnant, I don't know if it's a horse or a woman, I don't know, pregnant something, something, something female, um, self-injected uh, HCG injections, diet pills, Metrical, um, Cloud 99, um, just everything they had at the time, everything they had, and uh, nothing, and I never heard the recovery. Any place I went, like I heard in Overeaters Anonymous, I thought they were lying. <laughs> I just think that the speakers were paid. And I'd like to t- pass the hat. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> we'll just take a small donation. <laughs> I mean, I came from Glendora. But uh, I thought they must be paying these people. You know, who the hell would be driving from Crescent Heights to Alhambra? Or who the hell would be driving from Alhambra to Crescent Heights? You know? Um, I, I thought they paid them. I, I didn't believe them. I couldn't. I, I, I was shocked. I could understand weight loss. I couldn't understand any form of success with weight loss, where you like kept it off for four years or four months or five years or whatever. So I was, and I really was impressed with the honesty, this language of honesty. So it was really four years, I think, before I became somewhere near the person who I was going to be really, and through the fourth step, uh, all of the steps, but through the fourth step, certainly tenth step, since that's supposed to be more along the line of my pitch, um, I, I came to know me. I came to know Cindy Smith and who she really was um, through meditation, who God created, that I, I make no... I don't have to be anyone but who I am. I don't have to covet other people's spirituality because I love mine and my God and my relationship with that power. Um, I don't have to deny who I am. And um, that was probably, uh, that's the biggest transformation for me is to not just go on a journey to discover who I am through the fourth and tenth steps and really a lot through meditation. Um, but to be glad that I am who I am and to make no apologies necessarily, you know, uh, or want to be someone else. Uh, the closer I truly am to me, the, the truth, whatever my truth is, uh, the better my whole program. The more I'm separate from God's will for me, which I think is an internal thing also, um, uh, the, 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 the more trouble I get into. The more trouble I get into. So I've just embarked on uh, a lot of my tenth steps look like a fourth step. Uh, they just they look very much like the big books four column, and uh, that's I like it. It gets to the gets to it, and I journal every day. I don't do a lot, you know. At the end of the day, in uh, uh, the tenth step, they talk about the end of the day. We take stock. Where have I? Blah blah blah, and 
you know, I don't do that a lot at the end of the day. I've since I've retired for the last three years. I have found that since I've retired, I am not as annoyed with people <laughs> because they're they're not in my life. You know, I have a saying: um, I love humanity. It's people I hate. You know, I just so it's been it's been so much easier to be retired. And uh, uh, but I'm doing a tenth step really right now on uh, an issue and folks, the same folks that I have been writing about for a long time. I will say that I've experienced um, progress, but uh, that I, I have a personal uh, a personality that has difficulty accepting that I, I don't really, I mean, I have a part, but I don't have any more than my part. Because my difficulty is I want to change the outcome of this situation. I want to change the dynamics. And I have to accept the way it is. And I can write myself, 10th step myself, till I'm blue in the face. It is this way. I don't like it. And I, but I have to accept it. So because I have an obsessive, compulsive mind that can ruminate over, oh, my God, the arguments I can have with people that are not in the room. Oh, my God. Oh, oh my God. Uh, and, and I'm really, I mean, I'm, I really mean this. I, I believe I have a mental condition that is uh, a mental. <laughs> but I'm mental. And uh, so the energy, ang- I can spend. I, I finally again said, I got, stop, 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 stop. You have to write about all this again. You have to write again, and you have to see again what you have not seen, where your part, whatever it may be, is, is, is problematic. Um, you know, I really believe this path is very evolutionary, and I believe it's eternal, whatever eternity is, which I don't know. But it's eternal for, it's eternal. And um, it's hard for me when things are not good or what I perceive to be bad to accept it's the way they should be today, like it talks about, you know. And acceptance is the answer to all my problems today. It's hard when it's not working what I think it should be for me to accept this is good news. This is good news. So here comes the tenth step that's going to look like a fourth step. And um, I will be in um, interaction with a lot of these people in the next three months, which is always kind of a trigger when I know I'm going to be seeing them or we're going to be interacting. or um, You know, the interesting thing about, here's the one of the biggest blessings about the 12 steps. I've been engaged with these people at different times in the last 12 years. They're family. And, uh, you know, the, the real truth is that at these um, events, you know, I'm really thankful that I can, I, I, I have these steps and I can go to them and not be an asshole. More than not an asshole. I'm gracious. Um, I'm polite. I'm not overly kind anymore. 
you know, where I was much more made an effort to make everyone comfortable. I, I don't find that to be my job anymore. It's not my job anymore. Um, some events are more traumatic and dramatic than others. And um, this was one of them in my life. This was one of them. Uh, so I'm taking a trip to a family reunion in a couple of weeks. It's going to take me like two and a half weeks and I'm going to drive. And I'm thankful that none of the people that I have a conflict or I'm writing about are actually going to be there. Their kids I'll see, but I won't see some of the others. And I'm really glad about that because, you know, every time I go to these, and, and, and they're so tied up in knots oh they're so you know it's palpable it's almost breathing their agony and uh, (gasps) Um, I I, I, I only need to take care of Cindy I only need to take care of Cindy and um, I'm looking forward to to taking this trip and I'm looking forward to finishing also with this 10-step. Here's what's coming out. I mean, you're going to say, well, this is pretty obvious. Are you sure you've been in the program 37 years? Oh, well, whatever. You know, I'm so not a giant spiritually (laughs) that it doesn't matter. Uh, Here's what's coming out. My desire for the anger at them, you know, that, that, that adrenaline pump to be right, to um, hold on to grudges. uh, You know, I am having, uh, and this is a fact, forgiveness has been almost impossible for me. The closest I can get really in it is that I do have compassion for how frail and fragile and faulty we all are and how we all operate and motivate often out of uh, different places. And to have that compassion, you know, I have that. Um, I have that, which I'm glad. And, and when, I, I, I'm just grateful I have that. But my desire to hold on to the anger or the um, rightfulness of myself is a character defect. It is. It just is. And even though we can hear all the words of it only hurts you, so, it's when it's really not there, I can't pretend it is. When I really haven't achieved a state of grace, really. Um, so I, I think I will be learning more about this. Uh, one of the things I've had to really concede is because of... Uh, because of the dynamics of the situation and their own guilt, they don't want to be with me because of their own shame. And I, I'm pissed still and resentful. And so why would anybody want to be with me if I'm still pissed and resentful and not forgiving? I mean, that's just a fact. So in a way, that's what's coming out of this last tenth step on them. Um, Anyway, let's see. I daily read, write, meditate, and am to the biggest thing I'm really capable of that I was not capable of prior to the pro. Well, 
What I'm really capable of is hearing other people, reducing my anxiety. I am always ready to be there. You want to talk? You want to say something I'm not going to want to hear? I, I really can reduce the level of my anxiousness. Zip it up and listen. And really listen. And that is a real miracle to have no rebuttal, but to let someone finish whatever it is. And uh, these 10 steps, the 4 step, all of that has really helped me have a, a better understanding of uh, I need to hear where they may be coming from, what their perception was, how they felt, and give it time to then respond. So anyway, this has been, I think I'm probably pretty done. Uh, well, I think I'm probably pretty done. So thanks for letting me share. Okay. Let's see what the next instructor when We will now have... Three-minute shares. We ask those of you who wish to share to line up to my left. And you know, that's really nice, only because, too, then we don't have to turn around and look at people and their recordings so they would hear you. So I hope everybody wants to say something, or those who want to. Um, <laughs> focus on the topic of our meeting and end your share at three minutes to allow time for all who wish to share. Okay. Anybody want to say anything? Hi, I'm Alice. I'm a compulsive overeater. And I'm not going to remember them all, but for all of the um, positive things that are connected to the steps, there is a shadow side. And I think the shadow side to perseverance is stubbornness. And, you know, I wonder where my kids get their stubbornness, their defiance. And I think my my stubbornness um, and my perseverance have kept me in this program for over 29 years. Um, and I, it's, I mean, it's a blessing. And, you know, like Cindy was talking about, my 10 steps are four columns. My 10 steps are in inventories. And I just try not to be a jerk because I don't want to write an inventory. I don't want to give it away. I don't want to pray about it. I don't want to pray for people. I don't want to make amends to people, you know. So it keeps me in check. Um, but I'm just, I'm so grateful that I have had the willingness and the day I walked in here, I knew you guys were my people. You were my people. You know, I've been on vacations with my husband, and, you know, I've tried to look for meetings. I've found meetings in Hawaii and some other places we've been. And, um, you know, he's like, I know you, you need your people. I know they're your people, you know, and it's, it's just the truth. Um, just on that topic, one thing um, I want to say, too, is that I, I have done a lot of traveling because of this program. And um, I've been to meetings in many other countries and many other cities, and if you ever have the chance to do that, do it. It is so much fun, and people tell you where to go and what to do. And I made friends, and I stayed in touch with people in all parts of the world for you know a long time. And um, and it's a really fun thing to do. And um, I don't. This is like just really stream of consciousness now. But um, one time I was in Chicago, and this guy looked at me, and he goes, "Wow, you're from L.A." Wow, he you know he would he was he would he hadn't been in program that long, but he was like, 
I never thought I could leave Chicago. Now I know there's program in L.A. I could go to L.A. You know, I mean, it's like I didn't even realize it was service to show up at another meeting as an out-of-towner. So anyway, that was off topic, but I'm just saying I have persevered. I am so grateful I've stayed here. My life is so much better than the route I was on, you know, and, and um, I hope you're timing me because I could keep talking. You, you learned that at 8 o'clock this morning. A minute? Holy cow. You sure about that? Well, anyway, um, uh, I don't remember what I was going to say, but it was really smart, you guys. Um, I don't think it was service. I don't know what it was. But anyway, um, yeah, I'm just really glad that I've sta- I've got here. I did what they told me to do. I stayed here because I did what they told me to do. I didn't have anything to run away from, you know. I faced into various things as they came up, and they'd come up again. I'd face into them again. New stuff would come up. I'd face into them, and then I, I don't have to run away. You know, I don't have to go anywhere. I told that first sponsor stuff I was taking to my grave, and she looked at me was like, that's it? That's all you got? I was 26. I hadn't killed anybody. I had, you know, I stole an eye pencil from Bullock's. You know, I mean, that was it. You know, it wasn't. It wasn't that bad. You're laughing. You remember Bullock's probably, you know. I mean, um, anyway, um, thank you, Cindy. That was awesome. Awesome. Cindy was there from, like, day one when I walked in. Anyway, thanks. My name is Hank, and I'm an abstaining compulsive overeater. Um, I came into the program um, in almost 25 years. I came in at over 400 pounds, so doing something right. I don't do a lot. I do, I do a lot right, but I don't do it all right, you know, and that's all right. I just made that up. Um, I was looking at your picture, and I love your driver's license, which you put that note that I wasn't there. And I did the same thing. And he, I did in case I ever got arrested, I didn't want anybody, the whole public, to know if they put your driver's license up, how much I really weighed. I mean, that's how crazy I was. And and then, um, and I lost the weight dramatically. I lost 160 pounds in a year. And uh, I don't know if you, any of you remember the the old TV show called Taxi. Um, with Judd Hirsch and all those people. And there's one thing where um, the guy burns down Louis's house. And Louis saying, the guy said, that's okay. It was, uh, my father is very wealthy. You can come up with a figure. And he, I don't know why this came up. Um, and he'll give you the money. So the guy's trying to, Louis's trying to come up with a figure. He says, if I think 45,000, he'll think 50. He won't do this. And I imagine the same thing with my weight because it wouldn't be the same day to day. What number do I put down on my driver's license? I can't spend my life going to the DMV once a week to change my weight. You know, I had to come up with that. It's okay. It doesn't, you know, and uh, and I need to lose some weight now. And people tell me I don't need to lose weight, but I know I need to lose some weight. And uh, I'm working on that again. And the thing about perseverance, the only thing I've done right is to keep coming back. And that started with my third meeting. And I say my third meeting because my third meeting was about 12 to 15 years after my second meeting. 
because I went to two meetings, and I had been a, quote, successful, end quote, Weight Watcher. I was a paid lecturer at Weight Watchers and lost weight. And uh, I had heard about OA, and I went, okay, I mean, it was gray sheet, and there was no way I would, it was gray sheet, no money, and talk of God. And I didn't know until years later that I was really angry with God until I started working the steps and doing the fourth step, and I had this litany against God that I didn't know about. And then I was desperate, and I moved uh, from New York City uh, to L.A. and uh, went from about 250 pounds to 400 over 15 years. And uh, that's what I and, and tried and tried and tried. So I keep coming back. I'm exhausted. I uh, got up early yesterday. I was privileged to leave the meeting in Santa Monica at 7.30. So I was at Costco at 6.30 in the morning to get gas to come out here. And I'm just wiped out. And I, I was up 17 hours. I don't do 17 hours anymore. I get up um, semi-retired and I'm just grateful to be here and to do a service and I'm, I'm gonna, I have a memorial service for the uh, parent of a dear friend of mine of 30 years uh, tomorrow so I'm going to leave tonight as opposed to I stay and go so I'm tired and because wait till it gets later it'll be dark you know cooler you know and then I, I was going to do I said my car is air conditioning I can't wait because I'm falling as I'm I you know so I don't take a nap fall asleep do something so I think I think this is about doing it for me and again Cindy thanks so much for sharing it was beautiful and you're a beautiful woman and uh, there's a story in the uh, book Elfrida's and I was called a beautiful woman inside and out. And I'm privileged to know her and count her as a friend. And I think you're a beautiful woman inside now. Thanks for letting me share. Yeah, my name is Elliot. I'm a compulsive reader, and uh, perseverance is the one. Oh, what would you call it? One star I can hang my hat on, or that's not quite how it goes. Something like that. Um, my weight's been up and down. My willingness to, you know, eat as normally as I can to eat like a gentleman goes up and down. Um, but one thing that I can say with absolute certainty is that I, I have kept coming back and I, I think it's no accident that of all the prayers and the sayings and the little one-liners you know you you can almost look at a weekend like this as just a series of one-liners coming from everybody but the one one-liner that we end every meeting with is keep coming back it works if you work it and um, I have kept coming back uh, a lot of times when I didn't want to go to meetings, when I when uh, I remember years ago there was a breakfast joint with a burrito that was clearly off limits to me, <coughs> and I went there any number of times and then sort of rolled, if you will, into a noon meeting, having really eaten way more calories and way more fat, and, you know. But it was a meal, you know. And, you know, and I just didn't want to go. And I kind of suffered and in going to meetings after, I, you know, when I had just, you know, really had overeaten and sitting there and listening to other people's recovery and not daring raising my hand because I just really, you know, was kind of a schmuck about it, to be quite honest. And that pain, it took a long time, but that pain would actually get to me and hearing others people recover, other people's recovery and at times, my lack of it um, really helped, you know, move my program forward. And that wouldn't have happened if I hadn't kept coming back. 
I would just go to that burrito place, get the burrito I shouldn't eat, and my coming back would be going to that place again and again, rather than going to a meeting and you know feeling uh, you know bad about that, a little bit guilty, if you will. And also, you were you know you were talking about you know forgiveness and some of the things you know your tenth step. Um, just recently, I've had two incidents in my life where um, I was wronged, uh, not majorly wronged, but wronged. And um, talking with my sponsor and, you know, been around the program for a while, I actually took the high route. I actually did some forgiveness and didn't yell and scream back. And, you know, self-righteous anger uh, is number two on my um, character defect list. And I had, you know, some rights to be very angry at some other people. And and I didn't. And it felt really good to to take the high route. Now, these were not major, major life decisions or anything, but it felt really good because, well, first of all, I was overcoming, you know, a character defect. But secondly, in taking the higher route and sort of leaving it behind and just, you know, just, you know, letting it go, it was done. If I were to open my mouth, if I were to get angry, if I were to, you know, give them my two cents, then whatever this issue was would continue and continue. And I was so glad that I could, you know, lovingly and truthfully uh, let it go, and then the whole thing was over. And I didn't have to stew and calculate, and how am I going to, and what can I say, and how can I really make it stick when I do stick it in, not just stick it in, but turn it. All that was gone. And my food was the benefit of that as well as, as my soul. So thank you. Hi, everybody. My name is Lorraine. I'm a recovering compulsive overeater. Hi, Lorraine. Oh, gosh, the hardest thing is just, I don't know why, after all these years, it's still hard to just come up and just say something. And a lot of well, at home, uh, we have very small meetings there, and once I get started talking, it's like somebody else said, you know, I could just go on and on. But um, perseverance, I guess, sounds like a, a, a word that reminds me of a word that I used when I first came into OA, and I had it, like, taped all over the walls of my apartment, uh, was determination. You know, I know it doesn't mean the same thing, but perseverance is in for the long haul, and my word was that determination was I'm not giving up no matter what. No matter how many mistakes I make, no matter how often I fall, and I did, I, my, I've heard a lot of people talk about coming in here and they got abstinent and they've been abstinent ever since, and uh, I fell at least 500 times, you know, but I never stayed down, no matter what, you know, I used to say, I mean, I would fall, I'd pick up my bloody body and go, you know, I will not be held down, I will, I will try one more time and you know if I agree with everybody that's been said you know if you just keep coming back it's gonna work you know eventually and at least it did for me and I think what's made it so wonderful is that I've never been one of those like successes in life you know that oh they just everything good happened to them and uh and it just life hasn't been that way for me but uh you know, away, like I've heard people say the uh, desire to overeat or the compulsion had been removed. 
and really the compulsion, the desire to binge is gone. You know, like I no longer have that need. I don't have that monkey on my back anymore that says, eat, eat, eat. I just, it's gone. I feel so good in, I feel like a normie. And that sounds weird because there's so, I'm so selective in my food. But within the foods I eat, I am a normie. <laughs> and, uh, I'm a very, I used to say, uh, like, I'm a very normal, I want, I'm, a nor, I'm a normie, I'm a very normal compulsive overeater, you know. I'm lucky, I, I'm very lucky. Um, I know, I don't, I, I like the foods I eat. Um, as far as, like, perseverance and tying in step 10, I can't really say that I take a 10th a, a, a step every day. What I do do is that if I any, have any situations with people, I mean, I don't want to let things start, you know, piling up on me. So I try to take care of them right away. If I owe an amends to somebody, I say it right away. I can remember, this is a while back, but when I was still, I work only two days a week now. I'm sort of semi-retired also. But uh, when I was working and I was, I don't, I don't think I was the supervisor in this particular office, but I just had one day where I really felt like I was a bitch, you know, and I... At the end of the day, I said to everybody, the, my coworkers, I'm sorry I was a bitch today. I just had, was really having a bad day. But at least I didn't have to go home and think, oh, they probably all hate me. You know, it's like I got rid of it. It was over um, and just made me feel, feel good. So let's see. I've been in the program since 1973. Um, I came, that was when I was 24. I came in to my first OA meeting, you know, when I was 19. Um, I wasn't ready yet. Uh, I had gone after that. Let's see. By the between the ages nineteen and twenty twenty four. Did I say twenty three? But anyway, twenty four. When I stayed in OA, uh, my mom had died when I was twenty one, and after that, you know, like my lo- world just sort of fell apart. My dad had died when I was twelve, so you know, I was really and I was responsible for a younger sister who was twelve years old. And I just needed some guidance. And, you know, whenever I doubt the existence of God, I think about that because as soon as my life fell apart, it was like God said, here's a group of people that are going to save your life. You know, here is a way to start feeling, I mean, my self-esteem was so zero when I first came in, and it just slowly has been built up by people who, as we all know, believe in you until you can believe in yourself, you know, and... I had all these reasons why it was never going to work for me. And they said, you know, uh, I'd say, oh, you know, somebody said to me once, so how are you doing? And I said, oh, not very good. You know, I had gotten back into the food. And she said, you're here. You know, and she, people always found the positive, you know. And then it taught me how to, how to start looking at the positive, which I was not programmed that way. I, was, my, I used to be programmed negatively, and I am Thank you so much. And I am not programmed negatively anymore. I, I feel like I've got a lot going for me, and I'm so grateful. Thank you. Hello, everybody. I'm Frank, and I'm a compulsive reader. I came in last, so I said I'll wait to last. And... Um, perseverance uh before even the 10th step um my sponsor gave me the task of reading the big book of aa um three pages at a time every night i'm supposed to read three pages and then write a paragraph on it and um 
He didn't. Ha- he didn't. I wasn't in the fourth edition. I didn't stop at, at the 164. He kept me going all the way to the 500 and whatever, 60 something at the end. And I remember coming home, and you know, it'd be Saturday or it'd be after work or whatever, and I'd sit there and I'd read those three pages sometimes because you know I'd go to meetings and I'd be home late and you know whatever, and it could be 11 o'clock at night. I'm pulling out that book and I'm going to read three pages and I'm going to do it. And you know, sometimes you'd have to read the three pages two or three times because your mind's not absorbing that stuff at that time. And then you write that thing down. And then you know, I remember doing this. And my wife told me later, she goes, "You know, you did that for I don't know how many months that works out to be of doing that every day." And there's perseverance. I mean, you know, it's because I wanted to feel, I wanted to get better, and I didn't know how to do it other than just follow what just crazy guy was telling me to do and he said I can help you work the steps and and, you know my life will get better and I didn't know if that was true or not but I did it and you know um, I don't know if it got better it got different you know my my, how I think things are happening and what's happening is totally crazy you know um, sometimes but I know that I I I seem to be my life seems to be more manageable now you know, it'd be, when I came in the room, of course, I didn't have any power over food, and my wife was totally unmanageable. I mean, it, I still don't have any power over food, but I think my life's more manageable. I know when I get up in the morning what I'm supposed to do. I go pick up the phone, and I call my sponsor in the morning, you know, this kind of thing. And they talk about things in the 10-step. I, I, my 10-step is kind of loose, but the, the one thing I do do is I do prayers all the time. And I pray for uh, God to help me with my thinking, my attitudes, my actions, and my food every morning um in the evening i pray that god treat me tomorrow the way i treated people today and that really cleans your act up every day if you want to be treated like tomorrow like the way you treat everybody today you really start thinking about what you're going to do today you know so i do that every evening and it does help me and if i if i realize or I just have this inkling that something's not right, that I maybe have hurt somebody's feeling. I, I go talk to him now. You know, I used to let it slide. When I was in the food, I didn't even know what I was feeling anyway. So you can't even figure that out, right? But, I mean, now that I'm not doing it, I'm, I've been abstinent for almost seven, so many years, seven plus years. And I know now when something's going, I can feel that feeling that maybe I did something wrong or maybe it's inappropriate or you know, maybe it's not wrong. And I've actually... So I, like there was one lady I said something to her at work one time and she gave me this she had this look on her face and I go and I thought about it and I said and prayed about it and I went back and I told, talked to her and I said did I do something and she said something no I was thinking of somebody else but see I would have never even checked I would have never even checked with that person I would have just let it slide and go you know I'm okay. You know, nobody got yelled at or whatever, and there's no reason to say anything. But, you know, I don't want to do that anyway. It's not, it's not whether or not I want to say anything. It's whether I want to be, feel clean, you know, that kind of thing. And to let go of that dirtiness that I carry around. There's that, I've heard these chains, some cliches. You can't stay clean from yesterday's shower. So you got to do it every day, right? you got to try. And so I'm here today, and thank you for letting me share. It is now time to close this session. Thank you all who attended and shared. After a moment of silence, please join hands, and we will close with, oh, let's close with the serenity prayer.